Welcome, everybody, to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. Guys, it's 5.30 in the morning. It's Friday morning. We're ripping it here because we want to get this to you this week. And I'm going to see my man Jeffrey Lavecchio this weekend, but we had to get it done because I need to edit. And I don't want to do that when I see my family on the weekend. So I'm going to get it done on the drive down. Yes, that's right. My wife is going to drive for a couple hours while I do this. But that's okay because we're getting it done for you. It's 5.30 a.m. We're letting her go. Let's introduce the talent of the podcast, Jeffrey Lavecchio. I haven't even talked about what we're going to talk about yet, but that's okay. Let's go, Vex. What's going on today, man? Oh, it's the butt crack of dawn. I love the way the day smells at this time. What? I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a long week, man. But we got up. You, you, you were super nice. I had a like a 13-hour day the other day. We were supposed to record on Wednesday, and I said, hey, Toski. I got nothing to take. I will add zero value to this podcast. You're like, all right, let's do it 5 a.m. Friday. And I said, done. And here we are <laughs> ripping this thing. I'm excited. Here we go. Here we go. I'm uh, I'm actually like in top form. I do. I think I've said this before, but like I get up at five every day now just to get some stuff done in the morning. And it's been phenomenal. It's been like complete game changer because it's incredible waking up, getting the most important thing done. That's what I do. And like you have that couple of hours to do that for me before the kids get up. And it's just such a great way to start the day with a win and just feel a little bit better about the day, feel a little bit better about yourself. And it's just like, uh, yeah, so now we're podcasting. So I'm rearing and ready to go, my man. Well, let's get into that real quick, too, because I think it's super important. Um, I always feel better when I wake up at the same time and I go to bed at the same time. That's a little hard for me right now with how much I work in the off season. That's also an excuse. It's, you know, plan better. But with you getting up at 5 a.m. every day, and we've talked about the importance of routine and stuff, are you, do you go to the bed? Do you go to bed at the same time every night? And has that helped you to be able to get up at 5 a.m. and get more done in the morning? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I try to definitely. It's one of my goals. So I have like goals that I have for the day. And two of my goals, one is wake up at five and one is in bed by 10. So I, I try very hard to do that um, with the playoffs right now. <laughs> might be a little hard. Like if I'm in bed by 10, I can watch it on TV. Got a TV in our room now. That's new. Awesome. Love it. Been lobbying for that for years with my wife. Finally, Dude, that's, able to so, get it. that's so funny. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Keep going. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I'm and but it, the reality is with three kids and everything we have going on, I try so hard to stay up. Like Edmonton played Calgary last night. They went to overtime. Like I was trying so hard to fight it to like watch it. And it's <laughs> just zonked out at one point. I'm so tired. Um, but yeah, it's been a game changer, dude. Absolute game changer. Routine's everything, right? Uh, we've talked about that. Routine is everything. And so getting on that, and it's hard at first. Like it takes weeks to create habits and create routines. So you have to like fight through it at the beginning. Like waking up at five the first week was like very hard, very tired, very tough. Tired, tough. Excuse me. What? Come again. <laughs> um, it was tough. Um, but yeah, like it's now that I'm into it, routine, like now it almost feels weird when I sleep in, which yeah. is, which is yeah. like, interesting. I know. Isn't that wild? That's pretty yeah. cool. I, I had, uh, 
yesterday, Chris Weidman, one of my NHL clients who plays, uh, played for the Montreal Canadiens last year. Hopefully we'll have him on the podcast here soon too. Um, he couldn't make the morning pro session. So he came in with some of my, my youngest clients and Chris is such a good guy. Anytime he's around my, my younger clients, I'll just, I won't even like tell him before. I'll just be like, Hey boys, you got any questions for an NHL or right now? And he'll stand up there. He'll ask, answer every question. He'll tell them everything he feels, everything he does. And he talked about, you know, him and I talked about like bedtime routines quite a bit and, you know, getting into, you know, doing the same thing every night and the same yeah. thing every morning and helping you sleep and all this stuff. And he told, I didn't know he did this, but he told him, he's like, you know, I talked with Vex a lot last year and we talked about the importance of sleep and routine. And so him and his wife took the TV out of the room for the season. The boys were asking like, what's a, what's a night look like for you before a game? And he was like, I try to get to bed by 10. There's no TV in my room. I read every night. That way I'm not getting any blue light. And it was pretty cool. But it was just funny to hear that you put the TV in the room and he took the TV out of the room and uh, I I think that's really interesting I have a TV in my room I won't lie Um, I wish that I didn't but like when I get home some nights during the the off season like I'm so gassed I have to lay in bed to watch TV but like I I don't know how do you feel do you feel like the TV keeps you up at all you got three kids though so it's different for you yeah I don't gotta be tired I don't have any problems falling asleep (laughs) right now to be honest with you Um, which I uh, typically I haven't been a great sleeper in the past but for for me it was kind of like a relationship thing with them and I to put it in there because, you know, there were times, especially when hockey's on, like, and she goes to bed before I do. So a lot of times, like she would just go upstairs and go to bed and I would stay downstairs and I would watch hockey or get stuff done or whatever. Um, now I've put like a hard stop on work. So like, I'm not working after five o'clock, not happening, you know? Wow. And then like when she's kind of ready for bed, we'll both go upstairs. We'll watch a show together she'll fall asleep and then I'll like put hockey on or something like that. And that's kind of like our routine now. So it was kind of like a relationship building kind of thing. Yeah, I felt no, like that's cool. Her going up, me staying down. Like it was just like after nine o'clock, there was no meter, yeah. no connection. So that's yeah. why we did it. Wow. I love that dude. That's cool. All right. Um, that was our talk with uh, therapist Jeff. And now <laughs> let's get back to hockey. All right. We're off the couch now. And <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm really excited to, to talk about this. So we are going to talk about the five P's of leadership. And this is a presentation that I've given a bunch of different times. Uh, I actually gave it down in Florida at the annual college coaches convention a few years ago, and it was really well received. And so I really wanted to talk about it here, Um, you know, for a lot of different reasons. I think this stuff is really relatable to coaches, but I think it's really relatable just to leadership in general. And if you're, um, you know, a boss in any frame of, you know, work, And so we really wanted to talk about leadership today. It's been a while since we've really done a leadership episode, talked a lot of hockey, talked about a lot of different stuff. Again, like one of the things we try to do with this podcast is we try to be as diverse as we can with the opinions of people that we bring on and the things that we talk about. Certain things hit certain people differently. Um, And so we really wanted to do one on leadership again. And and I'm really excited to talk about this. So the five P's of, of great leaders, this goes through a lot of research, a lot of obviously experience having different leaders, you know, experience as a leader, do's and don'ts, things we've tried, things that we failed with and things like that. So um, the five P's of great leaders, number one is people, really care about people. Number two is perseverance. So living it out and also creating a little bit of perseverance for the people that you lead and, and preparing for that. And we'll talk about that. 
Number three is perspective. Perspective is powerful. We talk about that all the time on the podcast and leaders that have perspective. I think it helps them do their job a lot better. Number four is preparation. Leaders are the most prepared people. The, the best leaders are the most prepared people in the world. And we'll talk about that. There's a lot of different ways we can go with that. And number five is present. Leaders have the ability to be present with the people that they're with. And so we'll dive into all of those before we do have some people to thank. We've got to make sure we do this at the beginning so we don't forget at the end. We have a hard stop today because Vex has got to be at the gym at 7 a.m. And then at 11 a.m., we're picking our kids up from school, last day of school, and we're driving to St. Louis for the annual Levecchio family extravaganza. Every Memorial Day. Cannot Pump wait. Pump for it. So I uh, want to thank Gelsticks, G-E-L-S-T-X.com, your best weighted training stick get outside in the driveway and shoot some pucks or some balls or use it for golf do a little chipping you know go to the driving range use lax it. too i got lax sticks got as lax. well big time yeah. lax season right now uh i'm excited for this weekend because cornell lacrosse is in the final four ncaa division one lacrosse so really 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 excited about that too so uh, go to gelsticks.com use the coupon code think tank one word and you will get a discount on your way to training sticks jeffrey train heroic just want to say thanks to train heroic the app that i use and has allowed me to train thousands of people and hockey players all across the world actually had a really uh, exciting call last night i will be the strength coach for the alaska fairbanks nanooks this summer while they are searching for a new strength coach to live up there and train the team so i'll be training uh, d1 team this summer all on this app where i train nhlers down to nine-year-olds so that they can train with me from anywhere in the world uh, so I definitely want to say, th say thank you to train heroic. And if you're looking for in season or out of season training programs, DM me on Instagram at Jeff Levecchio blue check mark, not a big deal. And then also just want to say thanks to cure nutrition. Uh, CBD literally saves my brain, helps me function at a higher level. I work a lot. I have a million different things going on. I own multiple businesses and thankfully CBD keeps my brain on the straight and narrow and my energy well and keeping me recovered. So uh, I want to say thank you to Cure Nutrition. My code with them is GMBM, curenutrition.com. Get that CBD and help your brain, folks. Let's go. IceHockeySystems.com, your premier website for all of your coaching education needs. We have teamed up with Ice Hockey Systems where you can get this for your entire organization. Coaches, get drill drawing tools. You get the ability to save your practice plans and send them out to other coaches and players. Thousands of drills on there that you can choose from. Whiteboard explanations from NHL players and coaches and things like that. Like this site is unreal. Get it for your entire organization. And Vex, you got something to add? Well, I just want to say like how important this is because I we talk about, you know, this ice hockey systems and the package and the drill drawing and all that stuff. And obviously I played hockey for a long time. I've guest appearance as a, you know, a coach at multiple youth practices. And it's insane. The difference in efficiency and quality of practice when the coach comes prepared with a plan, oh, especially yeah. at the higher levels, you can tell what, what teams the coach like, really invests in this stuff and 
you know, comes to practice already has a plan made. Uh, you know, when I coached with Mike Barra, who we've had on the podcast, he literally would send it out the morning of. So every player knew what the whole practice was going to look like. They could look at everything. And that made such a difference in our efficacy in what we we're trying to work with on the kids. And also there was no like standing around with your finger in your butt, like, uh, what's next? Uh, uh, uh. it was like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're working on. The kids knew what they needed to do. They knew, knew the skills they were going to need to work on. They could kind of pre-visualize it's so massively important, especially at the higher levels. There you go. PSA. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's important, man. Prep preparation, baby. We are going to talk about that. That is number four in our five P's of leadership. So, uh, yeah, icehockeysystems.com. Look for the associations tab. You also get this for all your parents. We've teamed up with them. They get the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide. So it's not just for all the coaches. You get it for all of your parents in the organization. Such a value add for any hockey director out there who wants a, a few less parent emails throughout the year, <laughs> a few less people that are upset because they understand the process and the journey of what youth hockey is. So uh, go to icehockeysystems.com. Thank you to Blue Wire Pods, our podcast parent company. Uh, they have been awesome in helping us to make our podcast better. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our listeners. You guys are the best. We appreciate you guys so, so, so damn much. And uh, guys, like we get all of this feedback from everybody. We just can't thank you enough. The ratings, the reviews, uh, everything that goes into like making this podcast better. We really want to hear from you. And so thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. And shall we read a quick review here, Vex? Absolutely. And what do people get? They get a free hip mobility from me. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is if we read your view, your review, DM me, and I will uh, set up that hip mobility for you for free for giving us a review and Tove picking out your review. Okay. So we have today, this is from Coach JK. This is Coach Just Kidding. <laughs> JK. <laughs> JK, my BFF, Jill. Love, love JK. Uh, I've always thought being a great hockey player was uh, comprised of both on and off ice components. And this podcast gives hockey players, parents, coaches information they need to become better on and off the ice. So really appreciate that coach JK reach out to Vex with his blue check mark on Instagram. If you have it, uh, if not reach out to me at Tolfer at the hockey think tank.com via via email. And uh, we will set you up with that free train heroic thing so i uh, appreciate that vex you ready to get right into this now let's do it hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, here we go. So five P's of leadership. So we have people, perseverance, perspective, preparation, and present. So we're going to start with people. Um, so I have a quote here to start this off with. And the quote is, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. So... A little bit kind of GMBM right there. I, I saw that. you a little perk up right there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so what does that mean to you? I mean, that basically is GMBM, give more, be more. I mean, it's everything I believe in. The more that I have witnessed in myself and in others, anytime you give more to anything, 
like it's it's gonna it's gonna come back to you it's gonna come back to you and i don't mean just you know selfishly individually for things you like but giving back to others and like a, a, a very simple um demonstration of that is i tell all my older players like anytime in the summer you can get out and work with a younger player and and give your time and teach them stuff you wind up actually being better when you teach someone something for it unlocks something in your brain where you having to go through the steps and talk about it and analyze it and all these things. And, and it makes you better at whatever you're teaching. And so like the more you give to others, like it winds up coming back and helping you. It always does, no matter what it is. Uh, I just think it's massively important giving and nonstop, like continue continuing to give as much as you can, because not, not even in a selfish way, because it always comes back and makes you better. It makes others better. And, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's so important. The feelings you get from helping others and giving your time, giving your energy, giving your, your knowledge, your skill set. It's uh, I don't know. It, it, it's everything to me. I love it. I love it. Okay. So what I want to talk about here, and, and this is through a lot of just talking to a lot of different people, a lot of reading about leadership and um, <sighs> connection is everything when it comes to people trying to create connection within a um, workforce or a team should be one of our most important jobs as a coach. And, you know, when you create that connection, I think every, every championship team, if you interview the people on the team, they will tell you that that team nine times out of 10 was the closest team that they've ever been on. So if that's the case, how much time and effort should we put, put into creating connection within our program, right? So I'm going to talk about three different things when it comes to connection. Number one is the connection between the coach and the player. Number two is the connection between the players, like from player to player. And number three is I think one of the most important pieces of connection is connecting the team to something greater than themselves. Okay. So first thing, coach to player. The biggest thing that I want to say is, especially with the athletes today, let them in. And what I mean by let them in is you have to be vulnerable as a coach to let your players get to know you now. Like it used to be, there's a hard line between coach and player. The coach is the authoritarian and that was it. Today's coaches let players in. And like, I think the best way to do that is connecting through the power of shared story. I've talked about this before, but shared story, especially when the shared story is a story of hardship that creates connection so much because it breeds empathy. And again, it's, it's letting people and being vulnerable into yours and their lives. When there's more of that, like the, the, cre the, the connection created is a lot bigger, right? So like, I know I've had different conversations with coaches in the past where they've kind of told me something about their personal life or told me a story about something that they had went through when they were a player, which was similar to the thing that I was going through as a player. And immediately in that instant, I'm like, yes, like, okay, like I kind of want to run through the a brick wall for this guy a little bit more. You know what I mean? So like, I, I think letting the players into your life. And one of the things that I used to do every year at Cornell, and, and I was kind of in charge of the forwards. So I would have the forwards over for dinner a couple times a year. Um, just to like say thank you and you know whatever and just do something nice for the team and I would always try to do these little surveys at the end of the year to get some feedback from the players just on how they thought I did things that we can do differently you know to so I could be a better coach and so one of the things that always came back on those surveys is how important those dinners were 
it was really, really interesting. And they were like, we love those dinners because it was like an opportunity with like no pressure to just kind of sit back, watch some hockey. They got to know M, you know, my wife, I didn't have kids at the time. And it was just like a very humanizing thing. I think when you can humanize yourself as a coach, it just, it, it much better creates that connection. When you have a better connection with your players, then they trust you more, then you can push them harder. And you can hold them accountable to a different level and they'll be okay with it and not think you like you're an asshole for holding them accountable, which is what it used to be when there was that hard line between the coach and the player. Right. So I just think as a coach, being vulnerable, letting them in, having empathy, I just think that's a huge way to create connection between a player and a coach or an employer and an employee. And I think that goes, goes right into, you know, letting people know your why. You know, I think that's a big part of what you just said, creating that connection. And the more that your players or your teammates or whoever, uh, your boss, whatever, or your, the people who work under you know why you're doing things and why, why you're doing things the way you are or why you're, why you're doing anything, um, it's going to create more buy-in. Like I literally, I said earlier how I had a, a call with um, Alaska Fairbanks, a D1 team last night. And when, when new teams, whether it's USHL teams, null teams, EHL to whoever it is, any team or organization that works with me, I tell them what the, the, the people who set it up are like, well, what do we need to do? What are the steps? And I go, the first thing is I have to have a zoom call with every player. Um, I want every player on this call because I want them to get to know who I am. I want them to know why I do this. I want them to know why we're going to do things the way we're going to do that them and all those types of things, because I want them to know, like I am when they get to know my why they immediately connect with me and they buy in because they realize, oh, like this guy is really here to help me. And I, and I am, you know, and so like that connection in the beginning sets up the positivity and, and the belief and the trust and everything after. And if I don't build that in the beginning, I will not get as much buy-in from everyone, which means they're not going to put as much into their training. So it's connection is everything between coach and player and player and player and everything. Absolutely, man. It's everything. So, um, but it's not everything because there's more to connect. With. <laughs> it's not just coach to player. Segway. Uh, I want to talk about player to player connection now. Um, this is the most, if you want a great team culture, if you want a championship culture, your players have to love each other. They have to. They absolutely have to. I talked about being close as a team before. When I go and I do my team building with all, especially with the college teams when I do this, you know, one of the things that I do, and I think I've mentioned this before, but I ask, um, you know, the players raise your hand if you've ever won a championship. And so typically most of the, like a lot of them have raised their hands. And then the second question is, okay, now keep your hand raised. If that was the closest team you've ever been on. And very few hands go down, <laughs> very few hands go down. Right. So uh, that connection, that closeness, again, if being so close as a team is that important to team success, why as coaches are we not focusing so much of our time into making sure the players know that that's important and setting them up to be able to do that. <laughs> I think one of the things is making sure you're recruiting the right people to your team <laughs> or to your business and having the right people on the bus. Um, but the other thing is, is we have to empower our players to be leaders off the ice. You are a teammate 24 seven. You're not just a teammate for the two or three ring, two or three hours that you're at the rink. You're not just a teammate, you know, like you're a teammate all of the time. So everything that you do, and this is specific a little bit towards college hockey, but also junior hockey um, when you're around each other all the time. Right. And so what are you doing away from the rink that's able to 
um, create that camaraderie within the group if camaraderie is so important, right? So I always talk about the meeting after the meeting, and that's kind of like a cliche thing now, but I think it is for a reason because I think it's really important. And for me, the connection between teams, both for the positive and for the negative, are made in those social times that people are together away from the rink. Okay, so picture this. We've all been there. Okay, every high level hockey player has been there. Picture you hanging out with the guys and there's somebody on your team that's pissed off about something. They think they should be on the power play. They're getting a raw deal from the coach and they're bitching and moaning and complaining about that. And God, that brings everybody down. If you want to create a bad connection between teammates or be like a bad atmosphere in the locker room, that kind of negativity where people like, you know, think they're better than somebody else on the team or they're pissed off at the coach, but because they're getting a raw deal and all they do is complain about it. We've all been there. We've all had those teammates. It's a, it's a, like a suck. It just sucks all the energy out of everything, <laughs> you know? So um, I think great leaders really step up in those situations. They really step up in those situations say, Hey, you got an issue. Like we can't be letting this fester. Go talk to the coach. You know, like we can't be having this negative energy around our group. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. And that's why developing leaders and talking about this kind of stuff is really, really important. It's funny when I do this with the college teams, I kind of look around, I say, okay, I'm probably, I'm sure there's somebody in here that you guys are thinking about. Yep. That's that guy. <laughs> that's that guy. And so we, we teach them, Hey, like, this is something we have to address. And we kind of put it out there and we, we talk about it. We're like, Hey, how important do you think this, this is guys? Like in, in all honesty, like how important are these quote unquote meetings after the meetings to your camaraderie as a group? And we talk about too, like in the college setting, especially like we had conversations with certain players on our team in college that were a little, sh little shy, you know, didn't, didn't love to party, things like that. And, and we said, Hey, you know, like we respect that. And I think the players respect that, but they don't respect when they're going out into social situations that you don't come either. Like you don't have to, one of the things you say, you don't have to be the life of the party. You don't have to be at the party the whole time, but you got to show up. You have to show up at the party because I think you do lose respect as a teammate when you're not, when you just don't go to team functions. You know what I mean? Um, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And you don't, and that was something that was something that was hard for me because um, like just in my journey, uh, I personally wasn't a big drinker and because I was so skinny and like I have, I have like a hard gainer frame, which nobody would guess since I'm so yoked. Um, I, uh, if I didn't like drinking in college, uh, you know, I'd very rarely do it because then I would, I'd sleep in the next day and I'd miss a bunch of meals and then, you know, I couldn't work out. And for me, it just, it, it wasn't for me. Um, but I still would, you know, make it a point to show up to all the team functions and go there and drive the boys home from the bar. I'd stay up and I, I all right, I'll go pick the boys up at 2am, you know, like, so you have to do those things. And I really like that, you, you know, you're talking about, about how important it is to get everyone on the bus. And you talked about that one or two guys who, um, you know, maybe they're unhappy because they, they think they should be on the PP or they shouldn't be in the stands. They shouldn't be a healthy scratch. And it's just, our brains are so similar, man, when it comes to leadership. I, one of my clients is the captain of an NAHL junior team this past season. And we were sitting uh, after his workout yesterday and he asked me like, you know, w w being a good leader, being a good captain, like, give me some ideas. Like, what are things you think are super important? And the first thing I said was, 
I know there's going to be guys who are unhappy with their situation, their role, whatever you have to get them back in. You've got to get them back in and, and talk to those guys probably more than everyone else and get them to realize like, we're all in this together. Like you need to stay within the team. You need to work hard, like going the other way and being negative. It's not going to help you for sure. And it's definitely not going to help the team. And I said, you can't let that one guy turn into two turn into three because all of a sudden that one guy turns into half the team that guys are bitching about the coach or this or that and now you've got that contagious it is positive positive energy and negative and negative energy negative for some reason seems like it steamrolls and that snowball effect happens faster and faster and faster so you've got to nip that in the bud and get everyone back on the bus going in the same direction it's so important yeah yeah and and honestly like you know, when I go and I do this team building with these teams, just talking about it, it just gives the players a, a little bit of a step back and a perspective. And they're like, God, man, like, yeah, this is really important. And then the the conversations that we have with each other, you know, it, it just, I think it's so valuable because again, like this stuff is so important. If you want to have a great culture, if you want to win, if you want to have a great business, these person-to-person interactions between the people on the team is the lifeblood of every culture. This connection, if we can create this connection between the players more, they're going to, again, it goes back to it. Like when there's greater connection, they're going to want to run through a brick wall for each other even more. They're going to want to block that shot. It's not just about them. You know, so I just think so as leaders, what can we do? First of all, is talk about it. Talk about how important this is. Develop leaders, teach guys how important this is and what they can do away from the rink. Tell them that their teammates 24 seven, you know, something stupid that you do as a college athlete at 2 a.m. can affect the entire team. You know, you're a teammate all the time. So just having them understand that that that's a real thing and, and, you know, like, have them as a part of the conversation and lead them to it. And so it's almost like their idea. Yeah. Like coach. Yeah. This is really important. You know, we, we need to do a lot of this different type of stuff. So those are ways that we can foster that between the players. But I also think, and this is why, you know, Cornell has been a great program for a long time. Right. And when you become a coach, when you're a player, you're just kind of in it. And then when you become a coach and you see how the sausage is made and you see kind of how things happen, do you know what that means? How the sausage is made? I mean, I feel like I've heard that expression before. Nobody knows just... how sausage is made. It's just this, it's this weird I mean, thing. I mean, I do. It's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe bad analogy. It's, it's an analogy of like, you don't really know what's going on. And then when yeah. you get behind the scenes, then you can see what's going on. And so I, I understood as a coach now, being a coach there, how intentional the coaching staff was to try and create those connections between players. So I'll give you some examples. So every year, um, there were groups of four that were made by the players, one freshman, one sophomore, one junior, one senior, and they had to go do something. They could go golf. They can go watch a movie. They can go grab some beers. They can um, go to dinner with each other. Whatever it was, it was up to that little group. But every year, once or twice in the fall, there was that group of four that would have to go and do something. So a freshman got to know the junior, senior, like it was just because in college, like it's really easy to be clicky because you have your classes, you have your freshmen, you have your sophomores, your juniors, you have your seniors. And you have to work hard to really make sure that those like clicks is what really kills teams. And so you already have that kind of cast click system 
So working to make sure that everybody is on the same team is, is really important. So that was one thing that we did. Another thing that we did, this was a tradition with our team, is that as a freshman, you don't move in. The players move you in. So when you arrive at your dorm, you have four or five different guys on the team that literally carry up all of your boxes, all of your stuff. And I remember as a freshman, like four or five guys were there. And I think I've told this story before. Yeah, I four love or it. five guys were there. They're like, we got it. Don't worry. They took off my stuff. They took all my bags up, helped me unpack. My parents are sitting there like, what the hell is going on right now? <laughs> it took like 10, 15 minutes. And then I went with the team to the hockey house. And I said bye to mom and dad. And that was it. And you know, and it was just like one of those things I call it initiation because you're like, wow, like these guys really kind of care about you. You know, like this is a, uh, this is really cool. <laughs> and so that was another thing. In, again, intentional creating that player to player connection. Right. Um, and then another thing we did, and we don't do this every year, but we did a thing called your best day, worst day. And so we got together as a team and each player and each coach, they talked about what their best day of their life was and what their worst day of their life was. And it's really, really powerful, man. Like guys are like balling, you know, like it was, it's like really, really tough at times because, you know, you have, you know, a divorce was a big one. I feel like when, when their parents told them that their, um, their parents were getting divorced, um, or like, you know, some family members that were passing away from cancer too young, things like that. Um, and it just, again, like that, that, that like vulnerability to put yourself out there, that shared story, because, you know, maybe you're going through something and, and that's a powerful thing when like you're going through something, sometimes you feel like you're the only one that's going through something. And then when you find out that guys that you're close with have, are going through the same things or have gone through the same things, it just helps you to kind of really humanizes everyone like that guy, that guy who's the 13th forward who's super pissed off then he hears you know the stories of everyone else you know what's going on in their life and now he's instantly you know has empathy for them and is connected to them and is going to be for sure less like oh, i'm not playing you know what i mean like that's <laughs> uh, i love that that's such a good idea yeah and, and and like the worst day when you talk about your worst day i mean that that's that's tough and it creates that connection and creates that perspective because you kind of know that people are going through stuff but the best day was really cool too when people were talking about their best day because at, at, at college um a lot of the guys best days were committing to cornell and because they knew they were going to, that was a dream of theirs to, to play division one hockey. Um, but also they were like repaying their parents for all the sacrifices that they made, you know? And they were like, I remember my dad's, the look on my dad's face when I told him I committed to Cornell. And like the thank you that you can provide your parents for all the sacrifice that they had. Like it, it wasn't just me that was really happy. Like they were, it was really cool to see how like proud their parents were of them. Right. and their family members, grandparents and stuff. So yeah, just like creating the, getting deeper, getting to know each other on a different level is just right. So like when we talk about creating connections between players or between employees, like a lot of it is educating them on how they can do that themselves, but also what can you do as a coach to put them in situations where they're going to get to know each other better as well. And again, like so massively important to create that connection again, coach to player and player to player. So cool. I'm like getting emotional just thinking about like what it would have been like to do that and, and go around the room with buddy. It's so teammates. powerful. Yeah, dude. It's that's... so powerful, man. <sighs> yeah, I know. I like, I, I like, I'm thinking back to like, how, so how, 
is there like uh, an age that you wouldn't do that with, or like, oh, I'd start? Yeah, this I with think you have to. That's the worst or... thing. You have to do that with with older ages. I think. Like, you think juniors is old enough? I think or midgets? you can do that in juniors. Mm, maybe midgets. I don't know. Maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe. I mean, hey, like if you try and it doesn't work, you tried and it didn't work. Like, right, it's just right. a day of something not working. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and the other thing too is like I think coaches really need to be a part of the discussion, and I think one of the coaches need to go first. Because especially when you're talking about your worst day, like if a coach opens up, like mm-hmm. really opens up and talks about their first day, I think most coaches, especially the ones with kids will say they're, you know, when their kids were born, that was their, their best day. Um, and then the worst day, you know, we've all been through our shit. We all have stuff and we all have baggage. And, and I think again, humanize yourself as a coach and number one, that gets the players to get to know you, which can create that connection a little bit more, but it also sets the tone, right? So if you share something powerful, you I'm share real. something vulnerable, it, it gives them the space to feel like they can do it as well and, and, and open up to each other. Right. And so, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a powerful activity, but yeah, there's so many different things that you can do. I, I'm a big believer, like connection takes time and effort. Everything great takes time and effort. So this is a thing that takes time and effort that you can plan. <laughs> um, and, and there's different stuff that you can do. Like we talked about. So wanted to give some ideas, share some stories about things that we've done in the past. And, and, and uh, like when you talk about a business and you talk about like an older team, I think there should always be a social coordinator. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody who rallies the boys or rallies the girls to, you know, go do something on a Sunday. You know, somebody that one of the other things that we did at Cornell is we did like intramural softball in in the spring. And so everybody on the team would show up. It was hilarious. Like we just had a great time doing that. Somebody has to set that up. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to be the guy that said, hey, you go grab the beers tonight (laughs) in a business. Somebody has to be the guy or or the girl that says like, hey, happy hours at 5 p.m. after work. Like we're all going like and and tell people two weeks in advance and say hey this is this is a mandatory thing guys like if you have kids like get a babysitter (laughs) or have your husband or have your wife you know take take the kids for for a couple hours like we want to bond and and studies have shown and i've read these studies that like um those kinds of things really is a huge determining factor of productivity for a company is just that like unpressurized social situations where people that can just connect with each other and it just creates that social safety which is so important for people to share even in the tough times like when you get to know each other better like now that we have this connection goes back to it we can have those harder conversations when those harder conversations need to be made and it's not as personal and we're just trying to make each other better and we'll talk a little bit about that um further along down this five piece thing, which we're definitely not going to get to the five P's. This is going to be a two part episode now that I see the time. Um, but again, this people thing, it's it, man, it's just like so massively important. You know, I, I think we need to take all this time to talk about it. A hundred percent. And it's, I think that, you know, on this podcast, say it over and over, we talk about our, well, I talk about myself a lot because I know like what I had to go through and how it affected me and how I was able to be, you know, successful relatively with, with the things we did, like everything we're talking about. And I think that one of the reasons that I am able to get such good results in the gym from my clients is the connection piece. 
Totally. Like I know everything that's going on in their lives. Like I'm constantly talking to them. They know that they can call me, text me. If they were in a sticky situation at 3 a.m., they know they can call me. And, you know, I'm a pretty hard sleeper, but if I wake up, I will be there for them. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like no matter what the situation is, I will be there for them. And they all know that and they all know how much I care about them, which then I think that connection is what allows me to, you know, get more out of them. Because like when I'm in their ear and I'm like, it's time to be serious. Like they know, like they believe in me and they know that, okay, I trust him. And then they, they will push or they think they got nothing left, but because they trust me and they trust, you know, my knowledge and how much I care about them, I'm not going to put them in a bad situation. When I say they can push a little harder, they will try to push a little harder where I think other people would maybe give up at that point. So like that connection piece, it's so freaking important. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What is it that People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, that's everything. Everything yeah. for, for coaching and leadership. It's everything. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Uh, okay, so the, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to people and when it comes to connection is having a connection to something greater than yourself. And this is something I learned a lot from reading two of my favorite books that I've ever read. So if people are looking for books to read, 11 Rings or Sacred Hoops by Phil Jackson. Or um, Legacy, which is a story of the All Blacks, the rugby team. And Phil Jackson is so big on connecting to something greater than yourself. And and the All Blacks are as well. And it's a huge reason for why they are like the best rugby team in the world and have been forever. Or not forever. I mean, read the book Legacy. You'll figure out that they weren't the best and then made some changes. And this was a big one, <laughs> connecting to something greater. And I think, you know, as as players or as employees a lot of times we're just thinking about number one and i don't mean that in a selfish way but we're all thinking about our journeys we're all thinking about our careers we're all thinking about where we want to get to and and i think that's a good thing in certain aspects because we, we it's good to have goals and hopes and dreams but if you want to win if you want to be a great company you have to connect to a greater mission than that you know and so what i talk to the players about in the team building is like what are we connected to as a group that's greater? So you think about a college team. Like, I'll, I'll talk about my experience at Cornell, just because it's easy to talk about my experience and everyone is is different. Like, when you talk about how important what we do is to the alumni, when you talk about how important what we do is to our little town of Ithaca, where the town shuts down on Friday and Saturday nights and comes up the hill to, to watch Cornell play, when you connect the why it's kind of like what you're talking about that the greater to the greater good of something else, you know, like that's a powerful, powerful thing. And you understand that it's not just about you. What you do has an effect on so many other people. Like, again, like at Cornell, if we lose a hockey game, <laughs> the town is not happy. <laughs> you know, you know, if you're not as, especially if you're not working hard, it's a blue collar type place. Like if you're not working hard, like that upsets a lot of people that, pay their hard-earned money to come watch you play you know and so connecting to something greater and when you you think about the all blacks when you think about them the rugby team you think about like you talk about tradition you talk about values you talk about all of these things that are important to what you do as a group and how important it is to the outside world like that's a powerful thing dude it, it gets you out of your own self it, it, it makes what you do more important, you know, on a, on a deeper level. 
And I think that's a powerful thing to have. So when you connect what you do to something greater than yourself, like, I, I think that's a huge thing. Uh, that's so cool. That's massive. I love that. I love that. And that's perspective too. like putting a different think, thinking about what you're doing from a different perspective, viewing it through a different lens, which is obviously we talk about, you know, all of those things all the time. I also think that if you guys don't know who the all blacks are, I haven't read this book. Uh, I heard it's amazing. A couple it's of my clients have told me, yeah. um, like just go on YouTube and search all blacks, Haka. H A K A. It is like even when we get <laughs> off this podcast, I'm gonna watch that while I'm getting ready to go to the gym. So I will just be like, ah! because that is like, and there's, <laughs> honestly, in all of sports, that might be for me one of the biggest things I've ever seen that like makes me want to run through a wall is when they do a their haka. It is so freaking cool. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what we're talking about. Like that haka, it it's it's tradition. Right. right. Like it's tradition. It's something it, it gets those guys to understand that they're a part of something greater than themselves as individuals and even their individual team. Like they're le again, the book is called legacy. They're leaving a legacy for future teams to come in. And like, that's one of the coolest things, again, back to my experience, I would always talk about this at Cornell is like, we, we talk about this stuff a lot. We talk about um, like history of our program a lot because we have to understand the hard work and the sacrifice of the players that came here before us. So we're able to have the cool things that we have. So at Cornell, we sell out every game. Well, if the players didn't care and didn't blood, sweat, tears it before we got there and they were a losing program, we wouldn't be able to play in front of a sold out crowd. We have an expectation to win a national championship every single year. If not for the players that came before us, we wouldn't have those expectations. And that's why people choose to play at Cornell. It's because they want to play in front of a huge crowd. They want to play for a top 10 program. You know, so we talk about, hey, guys, like we have to leave this place better than where we found it. You know, and I talk about that in recruiting too. Like we want players to come in here that think about things other than themselves. And, and that's why our culture is so good. And how cool is it to come to a program that has those expectations, that plays in front of those crowds, that, you know, have guys that go on to play in the NHL because players want to push each other and practice and stuff. That's a cool thing to be a part of. And again, it gets you to realize that what you do, and even for like businesses, like let's take a product, for example, I don't know, name a product. This microphone. This microphone. Okay, imagine you're, what is a Sure Microphones? S-H-U-R-E. Hopefully they sound good. A little PSA. Sure. Free ad. <laughs> um, so think about the way that you can frame that for your company if you work for sure. Okay? You get to make these microphones so these podcasters are able to create this contact that can inspire people and can change the world. Well, wow, I, I just bought two more. You, just, <laughs> just you sold me. Thinking about two something more. greater than yourself, right? And so... I, it's just so dude, like it's so powerful to do that. And again, it just creates connection. You talk about connection between players, coach to player connection to something greater connection to the town connection to whatever it is. That's, that's bigger than you or bigger than just your team. It just, it, it goes back to the why it, it, it shows people that there's a bigger world than just what goes on in your day to day. And it's just, it's a pretty powerful thing, man. I think that we as, as leaders should always be talking about connecting what you do to something bigger. I love it. I love it. That was a big reason why I played my junior year at Western Michigan. I could have left after my sophomore year. Um, and, you know, talking to my coach, 
we completely shifted the direction of the culture. Um, my sophomore year when they made me the captain, like when I got there, things were culture wise. They honestly, they weren't, they weren't very good. They weren't, no, they were terrible if I'm being honest. And, uh, they made me the captain as a sophomore and my sophomore year, we wound up being ranked like 21st. And it was literally just a culture shift. Like we're not going to accept mediocrity anymore. Like it didn't matter, you know, and it was a whole, like our whole freshman class shifted it. our whole, you know, and when I was a sophomore, the whole freshman coming in, then we started like, no, this is how things are going to be done moving forward. And I could have left. I could have signed with a couple teams in the show uh, after my sophomore year. And I was like, I want to come back because I want to keep this culture going in the right direction before I leave and turn pro. And literally that was the main reason because things were like, start. you could see the ship turning at Western. And I was like, I want to keep this thing going in the right direction. So I came back another year specifically just to help the program stay on the right track. And, and, you know, it's just like to hear how you talk about Cornell and to hear how you, you talk about the tradition and like all of these things and the connection with the fans and the town, like we didn't really have that at Western until like my class started to like try to implement that. And it was so powerful, the difference between my freshman year and my sophomore year, like the difference in everyone on the team's mindset, everyone being on the same page together, connecting with, with the fans and the university. And, and, and it was just, I don't know, it's so powerful to be a part of like things that are, are, I don't want to say the right way, but I guess, I mean, essentially the right way to do it with, with culture and connection and caring and all of these things. It's so, it's such a better company team, whatever to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I implore, you know, if we're talking about hockey here, I implore all the coaches out here. You know, we plan our practices. We talked about that with icehockeysystems.com and how important that can be. But I think you also have to invest some time and effort into planning connection stuff, you know. And, and you know, if you're a youth coach having a shinny tournament in the hotel, like, that's what we remember as kids. You know, a little bit older, like, you know, we, we um, as a team, went down to Tampa to play Florida Alliance this year. So I set up, you know, our kids to go be able to uh, race go-karts and play mini golf, you know, like, and again, like it may seem like a, not that important thing, but it is an important thing. And the players appreciate that too. Sitting down and talking with the players, they're like, Hey, I think we need to do more of this stuff. They love it. So creating connection, investing in people. It's the most important thing in my mind that, that you can do as a leader and uh, yeah, we've taken up most of this podcast hour that we have to talk about it. But I, it, dude, it's just like, it's everything, right? It's that important. Bottom yeah. line. Okay. So one more, one more before we get, have the hard stop here. And this will be a two-part episode now. So we'll do the first two P's here today. And then uh, maybe next week or in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll do the, the last three P's. So the next one I want to talk about is perseverance. We talk about resiliency a lot. It's one of the main focus points of our podcast because we feel like it's probably aside from people, relationships and resiliency, two of my R's of, of team building and culture building, um, probably the most important that we have. So perseverance, again, the heart is what makes it great. There's that line from um, A League of Their Own, the, the women's baseball movie with Tom Hanks. You know, she wants to quit and he's like, no, yeah, yeah it's too hard. Well, the heart is what makes it, makes it great. And nothing good ever came without sacrifice. Nothing good ever came without, you know, a little bit of blood, sweat, and tears. So as a leader and as a coach, and again, I think this really connects with the people stuff because the more you are investing in the people stuff, 
the harder you can be on the people that you're coaching or the people that you're leading. And when I say be hard, I don't mean screaming and, and demeaning and things like that. My definition of being hard on people is having really, really high standards and then being a just dogged in your effort to hold people accountable to those standards every day and for yourself living those standards every day as well. So um, when we create that connection, we're able to be hard on, uh, on our players. And so as a coach, I think you can create situations to teach resiliency and teach perseverance. What do you, How think? Do you do it? How do you do it? Okay. So um, first of all, kind of similar to what we talked about, being vulnerable and talking about it, talking about some of the tough things that you maybe have gone through. I think it, it, it allows the players to understand how important that resiliency is and that perseverance is. Um, but I, I think about like in Cornell, number one is our strength coach. Our strength coach at Cornell is the greatest human being I've ever met in my entire life. Like huge reason why we've had so much success. I mean, you know how important it is with what you do. Again, you talked about your why, like we'd run through a brick wall for this guy any day of the week. Coach Hallie, the best. And one of the things that he would do every so often, and I think I've spoken about this before, is we would do a really hard workout, like a really, really, really hard workout. And then, you know, we'd come in, you do your one, two, three, let's go red or whatever it is that we said at the end. And then it was done. So every so often it was one, two, three, let's go red. We're dying. Like just went through, we got nothing left to give back on the line. We're like, what? Yep. Back on the line. We're not done yet. Thought we were done. <laughs> and he would, he's funny about it. He's like, <laughs> we're not done back on the line, you know? So in that moment, Again, when something bad happens, you have a choice. In that moment, you can either pout and say, oh, we were done. Like, I don't want to do this. Or you say, oh, man, like, I got to freaking push through here, you know? And it was, it was an opportunity to, to give a little bit of suck, give a little bit of a tough situation, give you an opportunity as a player to make that choice. Which choice are you going to make? And then some players you know, they pout. Some players are like, all right, let's go, you know? And by the, like, typically we figured out that that's what it was. Like, that's what he was trying to train in us is that resiliency muscle and give us a, an opportunity to show some perseverance. And we're like, all right, coach, Ali, what do you get? Like, ah, let's go. And it like rallied you, you know? And, and then like the, it was like a, again, a connection point for, for us as boys. And so it was an opportunity to make it hard for the team, put them in a situation that was difficult. Okay. How we're going to, how are we going to react to the situation right now? And it, it brought us closer together through a tough time. And it was an opportunity to create that little bit of like artificial, you know, adversity. I love it. I love it. I do that in my gym all the time. The boys, <laughs> every time they're like, Oh my God, why did we believe you again? <laughs> all the time, dude. I love it. I love it because you know, and I, I just liken it to a game like, Oh, you're up two goals. You think you're coasting, you think you're going to win. And all of a sudden the game's tied and it's like, your back's against the wall. You, you didn't plan on that. Like you thought it was going to be over. And it's like, well, you, you can't hit that snooze button. Like get back after it. Let's go. And it's, I guess, planning for the things you can't plan for. You know, like, that's how I think of it as a coach. Like things aren't always going to be sexy. Things aren't always going to be smooth. And so sometimes you got to throw a wrench at them 
you know, and that, and then you see, you test them. And it's, it's a test in my mind. I look at whose head's dropping and who's, you know, and then I go up to them and chirp them a bit in a fun way and tell yeah. them why, this is why, this is why I just lied to you and said, you're done. And you still have 20 minutes, you know, like, I love that. I love your coach. What a man. He's the best. He's the absolute best. And yeah, so that was something that he did. Uh, I, I think another thing that we can do as coaches is talk about how hard we're going to make it and be upfront on that. And one of the things that I like to do with my teams is I, I say, hey, okay, guys, we can go two ways with this here. As a coach, do you want me to make it hard for you? Or do you want me to let you just make it easy? Like, what do you, what do you want? Do you want me to push you? Do you want me to be India? Do you want me to set these high standards and hold you accountable every day to them? Or do you want me to like make it easy? You want to have like a, you know, just a, just, you know, just a practice, just a practice or whatever. And every time they're like, yeah, coach, like we want you to be hard on us. Okay. Okay. So remember this <laughs> when I'm being hard on you. Okay. It's not because I'm being hard on you for my own benefits. I'm being on hard on you because I need to push you out of your comfort zone to make you better individually and as a team. Right. So I, I think being upfront on your why, again, what we talked about and, and just kind of filling them in and letting them know and letting them be a part of the process of their own development, because again, you don't get better in your comfort zone. You need somebody to push you. Like nobody is self-motivated enough to do things at hundred percent all the time. There's not one person, every high achiever in like the business world has a coach. Every single one, I shouldn't say every single one, but a lot of them have a coach and they invest a lot of money in personal coaching. And there's a reason why is because the coaches hold them accountable to the standards that are set and they help you to set goals and they help you to put processes in place to make sure you're, you're doing the things on an everyday basis to make sure that you can get those goals. Right. And that's not easy. That's hard. And it, like having somebody to push you. So just being upfront on with the players, I think is a big thing too. Hey guys, do you want me to be hard on you? Do you want me to set high standards or do you want this to be easy? And they'll tell you every time, no, like we really want. And then, and then that's something that you can go back to all the time. And again, it goes back to it. Like I'm not being an ass right now. This is what you said that you wanted. <laughs> and, and I think that just helps to create that connection and, and helps you to, to hold people to high standards. I love it. I absolutely love it. This is, I just want to like go play now. I want to be on a team again. I'm not going to lie to you. Like this is making me just want to, and again, play. this is one of the big sayings, one of the big sayings out there is like, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level of your training, especially in the tough times. So if we're not creating this artificial adversity for the players, like, what are they training to? What are they going to write? You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. So I, I believe in that totally. Yeah. Just make it hard. Tell them why you're making it hard. You know, make sure they know what that means. Make sure they know what the standard is. Because so if, they, if they don't know and, and you're trying to hold them accountable, that that creates like a whole lot of dysfunction between a coach and a player. So much, so yeah. much. And we've, we've talked about this many times and that goes into like, you know, when I was playing, sometimes I just wish that like coaches would be honest with me. Like, no, no, no. Tell me exactly how you feel about my game right now. Exactly. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't pump my tires. Also don't like, like throw daggers, like, like be honest with me. Hey, you know, I need you to do blank more. I need it. I need that out of you. That's, this is your role. This is what we need out of you. This is what we expect out of you. And I feel like that if more coaches just told players that flat out, it would, it would allow the players 
to, to push themselves harder in practice, in workouts, whatever, when they know what the standard is for themselves. It's so important. Yeah. And, and I think the most important thing, and then we'll end this here. The most important thing when it comes to that is as a coach, and this is our, honestly, I think it's our hardest job because it takes so much time and intention and effort to do this, but you have to be really consistent in, in doing this stuff. Because if you let things slide again, like especially younger kids, like if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. <laughs> it's just human nature. It's nothing against people. It's just our human nature that we kind of like things easier than we like them harder. And so again, you want to create the, the routine. You want to create the repetition of, of doing things the right way. You have to be consistent with it. And I think you have to be consistent for the most part. I mean, there's always a little bit of leeway when it comes to coaching. It's a bit of an art, but doing it for everybody too. You have to coach people differently, but you have to hold people to the same standards. You know, I mean, me, fr from an effort standpoint, right. you can let Kucherov make a few more plays than you're going to let like Nick Paul. <laughs> um, so there's an art to that. But you, from a, from an effort standpoint, like you have to, especially when you're coaching, you thought you have to hold everybody to the same standard when it comes to attitude, when it comes to effort. And that takes a lot of a lot of intention as a coach to be looking for that all the time. Um, and, and that's a, a difficult thing to do because you're also trying to run a drill. <laughs> you're also trying to run a bench. <laughs> There's so many things you got to do, but like, again, we, that's something we have to do. So make it hard, make sure they know why you're making it hard, create these little artificial adversity moments so they can train how they make the choices of how to choose to see those tough situations and then, you know, and then kind of go from there. So, Hey guys, we got to end this right now. We're going to do a part two to this episode. Hopefully you guys got a lot out of this one. Uh, the five P's to, to leadership. And uh, we'll talk about the next three, our perspective preparation and the ability to be present with the people that you're leading. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you everybody for tuning in this week. Vex has got to be in the gym. So we're going to end it here. But again, this was like an hour long conversation, so we'll keep it there anyway. Um, but Vex, anything before you go? Just <clears throat> everyone can be a leader. Everyone should be a leader. And, and whether you have a letter on your Jersey, whether you're the head coach or the assistant coach, it doesn't matter. Everyone needs to be a leader and the best teams that I ever played on the best organizations I was a part of everyone led themselves first <clears throat> got the most out of themselves which then allowed them to get the most out of others because if you aren't holding yourself accountable to a standard you set right you can't look at the guy next to you and want to hold him accountable because Best he'll be like the ones are the ones that lead by example if you don't right. lead by example then nobody's going to follow you exactly and and you can't you can't tell somebody to clean up their yard and they look over at your yard and it's a freaking mess right <laughs> you know so like you you've, you've got to clean up your own your own ish you got to rake the leaves you got to do everything you can to be your best self so that when you hold others accountable they they are like yeah you know he's holding hit up his end of the bargain i gotta hold my end of the bargain up and now everyone's doing that everyone's on that bus going the same direction that is a powerful thing absolutely Absolutely. Great way to end the podcast. So hope everybody has a great, great, great week. We will do a part two with this and we, we love you. Thank you. <laughs>